Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. Welcome, one and all, to the service of worship. It's a delight to welcome everybody who's worshiping here in our sanctuary. Thank you for being here in person with us. And it's a delight to welcome those of you who are worshiping online. We're so glad that you are worshiping with us as well in your home. We welcome everybody who's part of this worship service, whether you're here or whether you're online. If you are worshiping with us via the live stream, you can find today's bulletin on the church website. You can download the bulletin and you can follow along with us and everything that we're doing here in the sanctuary, you can do at home as well. And so it'll be good to have everybody participating and worshiping with us together this morning. I do invite you, if you're here, to sign the friendship pad, the maroon pad that's on the inside aisle of each pew. If you would mark your attendance with us, put your name down there and then pass that down the pew to those who are worshiping with you and then pass it back, and you can see their names, and you can greet them personally in just a few minutes. Um, And so, again, warm welcome to everybody. If you are a visitor here at GPC today, we are delighted, certainly, that you're here. There are yellow visitor bags in the church narthex, just in the back there, and you can get a church uh, information, and you can find out all sorts of things in those yellow visitor bags. Also, at the end of each service, there'll be a minister down here in front. If you're visiting and you'd like to know more about GPC, then just uh, come and see the minister down front, and that'll be me this morning. And I'd love to meet you and welcome you personally, and you can ask any questions that you might have about GPC, or if you have any prayer needs, if you have an upcoming surgery or you need prayer for you or your family, then uh, we'd love to, to talk to you about that as well. Friends, there are lots of things going on here at GPC in the next few weeks, and it's so good to be Uh, geared back up during this Advent and Christmas season. Please see all of the announcements there. See the calendar of activities and events and find your place to participate in the life of GPC during this Advent leading up to uh, Christmas in a few weeks. You'll see our our, uh, Amplify uh, special needs music concert that's this afternoon at 2.30 in the Activity Center and everybody is invited to come to that. And then you'll also see in the Activity Center lobby our Welcome Home Christmas tree that we're inviting people to decorate the GPC tree together. And you'll see ornaments on the table outside by the tree on both sides. And we're inviting everybody with our our theme of Welcome Home and Come Home for Christmas to find an ornament and to write on that ornament one gift that you believe the world needs this Christmas? What's one gift the world needs? What's one gift you might give the world this Christmas? And write it on that ornament and put it on the tree, and there's a bunch already on there. It's been so so fun to go by and just see the different things that uh, we want our world to experience and to enjoy at this Advent and Christmas season. So go to see our Welcome Home Christmas tree. And then also you'll see announcements about next week's Christmas caroling. And then you'll see an announcement about the chili cook-off that's after that. You can do one or the other, or you can do both and enjoy those great times of fellowship here in our congregation. Friends, don't forget about engaging our potential. We do know that uh, several people are still considering and still prayerfully looking at what they might uh, be able to contribute to the Engaging Our Potential Stewardship Campaign. And if you need more information about that, then there is information and there are pledge cards and there are information brochures at the different entry points to the sanctuary, and you can see more information there, or you can call uh, myself or one of the members of the stewardship team up. And we do invite people to um, turn in those commitment cards for the Engaging Our Potential campaign, if if you can, by the end of the year, and that will help our stewardship team uh, craft the budget for next year, and then also know how much we'll be able to knock out of our debt on the new educational building. And so please do turn in those commitment cards if you haven't already. And then just another word of thanks before we start our service for all those who organized and participated in Room in the Inn last night. Room in the Inn is our ministry to homeless persons in the greater Memphis area. And we've started back this year after a a pause last year, but we're back and we're doing this. And we had guests with us last night And then we'll have more opportunities on the second Saturday of the month in January, February, and March. You'll see sign-up sheets for that coming out. But there's a role for everybody, whether it's bringing a a casserole or part of a meal or helping set up, or there's a great crew that was here at 6 o'clock in the morning for some early morning cleanup. 
um, and van driving and all of that, but it does take a, a communal effort. So thank you for those who organized it, those who participated, and we invite your participation for that in the future. Friends, I now invite Mike Lyle to give us a special announcement from our adult education team. Good morning, everyone. Well, it is a delight to be with you, and I'm joined this morning by my partner in crime, Jerry Huff. Jerry and I um, sit on a really incredible team called the Adult Education Committee, along with Barbara Armstrong and Terry Pickett, and our fearless leader, Chair uh, Helen Warren. And this morning, we wanted to spread a little Christmas cheer and kind of highlight for you some really important things that are happening in the life of our church. The beating heart of this church, it's pretty simple. It's Jesus Christ. And we have the honor of helping other people come into his presence and grow in faith and devotion to him as disciples. And there are a lot of different ways that people get to do that, whether it's a Sunday school class or a Bible study group, a devotional group or a support group. We have Wednesday evening compass program. Right now, we're doing a special series called our Wednesday evening Advent devotional, which has had over 100 participants each week, and it's just been a blessing to all of us. So we just wanted to share that there are so many ways to deepen our walk together as Christians and also our journey as friends in faith. And so if you'd like to get connected with a Bible study or support group or women's devotional group, check out our website. Talk to any of us. We would love to help you get plugged in. These are phenomenal. And for those of us who participate, we know how much of a blessing it is to us and our journey of faith. Also, we wanted to take a moment this morning to really celebrate some people. As all of us know, at nauseum, the last two years have been a thing. <laughs> it's been a lot just with everything going on over the last two years. And yet, our church has grown in faith and membership and in friendship together. And that's because of a very intentional process that's guided by some people. Each of our Sunday school classes and groups have leaders who've been working diligently to make sure that those groups are healthy and strong and robust. And so this morning, we wanted to spread some Christmas cheer and just thank them. Thank them for their devotion, for their leadership, for their heart that they bring so that other people can grow in their relationship with Jesus. And so this morning, we'd like to acknowledge um, quite a few people. Anthony Duke and John Comer, Ann Arbor and Jim Boyd, Candace Askew and Alan Calicut and Mary Rogers. If your name was called, would you please stand? I know no one wants to, but thank you. Thank you. And there are a number of other people that did not feel comfortable to be recognized, and we want to honor and respect that, but thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Some of you are group leaders. Others of you represent groups that are self-led. In whatever capacity you are guiding and befriending these groups, we just want to say thank you, and we are really grateful for your ministry and what God is doing in and through you. And we have a special gift. For each of you, and those are in the narthex, and so we encourage you after worship, if you just meet us in the narthex, we've just got a token of gratitude, a Christmas gift, maybe the first one this year for you, just to say we love you and we thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jerry.
Today, today is the third Sunday of Advent, and we light the candle of joy. God promises to give joy to his people through renewal. God will restore us through Christ so that we may experience true joy in his presence. God causes joy to live in the hearts of those who love him. Times of trial, temptation, and suffering will be answered by the joy of God. During Advent, we remember that God's own life is joyous and that he promises to share his life with us. The prophet Isaiah writes, The people of God will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion, and they will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord. They will be like a well-watered garden, and they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness, and I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. Let us pray. Dear God, in this season of Advent, we pray for you to provide joy to our world and each of us. Where there is sorrow and despair, provide the joy that comes with your comfort. Touch the lives of those who sorrow and mourn during this Advent season. Give us all a vision of your future kingdom, where joy and abundant life will be ours in plentiful supply. Help us to be your instruments that bring joy to those around us. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Please stand as you are able, both here and in the sanctuary and at home, and join in the call of worship printed in your bulletin. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon the holy name of the Most High God. The Lord is our strength and our salvation. Proclaim the mercy of the one who comes as one of us. The Lord is our strength and our salvation. Trust and do not be afraid. The Lord is our strength and our salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of peace. We will draw from the wells of peace. We will trust and not be afraid. We come to worship the Holy One who dwells among us. Hallelujah. Let us worship God.
The Lord is near. The Lord promises to hear our prayers and respond. Let us then come with confidence before the Lord our God, confessing our sins to Almighty God and to one another. Let us pray. O Holy One, you've told us over and over again to be anxious for nothing, and yet we know in our hearts that we fail to trust in you and become anxious about many things. And even worse, we pretend that our faith is strong and that we are not worried, when in fact we are very worried and our anxiety spills over into our relationship with you and with others. This is one of our greatest failings, for when we are anxious, we are distrustful, judgmental, and speak harshly against others. We know very well that this is not your will for our lives, and we humbly ask your forgiveness. Draw near to us and teach us again to keep our hearts and minds fixed on the one who proclaims the good news for the sake of all the world. And then we pray, bless us with your peace. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the one who lives and moves among us, I declare to you that you are forgiven. Do not worry. Live in peace. Thanks be to God. peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and also with you. As our children come forward, I invite you to turn and wave at your neighbors around you and also to think of those who are usually here in the sanctuary. Reach out to them and share the peace of Christ this afternoon or this week. Remind them that you love and miss them and check on their well-being. Hello? Okay. Just wanted to take a brief moment to thank all the parents who have committed to bringing the children here on Wednesday nights. And also, I want to acknowledge some special angels. I will not mention their name because they told me not to. But we have some very special angels who have donated ukuleles. We are, go we are working every Wednesday night to debut on Christmas Eve our Germantown Presbyterian Church Children's Ukulele Choir, and as Dr. Alex likes to call them, the Euchers.
In the spirit of joy and celebration that we're just so glad to be in this Advent season, we have some really exciting news to share with you. This morning, between the 8.30 and the 11 o'clock service, we had the honor and the joy of welcoming eight new members into the life of our congregation. And we're just so excited to share them with you. They are Anissa Brown. Andrea and Lance McKinnon with their son Ellis, Corinne Mestemacher, Courtney J. and Sarah Page, and Ruby Reed. If I called your name, would you feel comfortable to stand that we may just welcome you? There's Ellis. There's his parents. Welcome to the church. We are so elated to welcome you into our church family. We hope you feel right at home. And I encourage each of you as members of this church family just to make a special point to reach out to them and help them to find a place, a Sunday school class, a friend group, so that they would know the joy that we have of calling this our faith community. Thank you. Let us together turn to God in prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise that you've gathered us into this holy space so that we might worship and glorify your holy name. And now in this moment, as we prepare ourselves to hear your word read and proclaimed to us, we ask that you would still our hearts and our minds so that we are not distracted and that only your word is seeping into our souls and that we are then equipped and enabled to go forth and share the gospel message as we leave this place this morning. Bless us with your mercies, we pray together. Through Christ's name, amen. We have two scripture lessons this morning. The first one comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 12, verses 2 through 6. Let us hear God's word to us. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my might. The Lord has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call on the Lord's name, make known the Lord's deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for the Lord has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth, shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great 
In your midst is the Holy One of Israel. And our second reading comes from the letter of Paul, the apostle, to the church at Philippi. Chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I read scripture from my mom's Bible, I am reminded that I used to be able to pick out her voice in a crowd of a hundred people. She, like so many mothers, maybe yours as well, had this very distinct cadence to her voice when she called out my name. Most usually when I was doing something I shouldn't be doing, I would hear my mom's voice of urgency saying something like, Susie Carter, you know better than that. She was right. My mom died in 2005, and so I don't so much hear her exact voice as I hear the gist of her voice still with me today. When I'm about to do something that she would say was not proper, But you know, there's another version of my mom's voice that is still deep inside of me. It's not her correcting voice. It's her voice of calm and soothing. I remember when my friend LaFay died when we were 11. My mom took me into her lap. She held me so close. She rocked me. And through her own tears, she told me that LaFay hadn't had the flu, as she and I were told, but that she had had an illness called leukemia that she did not live through and that she had died. I think now how difficult that conversation must have been for my mom I think now her voice of calm and peace as she told me this news and how her comfort and peace stayed with me in all those hard days that followed. I imagine that we all have voices, like I have my mom's, that we remember because when we love someone so deeply, they stay with us long after they are not with us physically, and we really do hear these whispering voices of comfort and calm. Their voices anchor us. They steady us. They give us the grounding when we most need it. When we hear these voices, we really do get a sense of peace. When we think of peace, we often think of peace between nations, peace treaties, if you will, like peace treaties that are necessary when countries have been fighting against each other. As I was preparing, reading these passages and preparing the sermon, I decided to do a Wikipedia search on peace treaties. I was amazed that there was this list of hundreds and hundreds. I thought I would give you a number, but there were too many listed there. And then I thought, well, I shouldn't have been so surprised with these hundreds of peace treaties listed, because we are frail humans. We have been conflicted with one another, really, since the beginning of time. And and then I began to think about where the conflict comes from, and that oftentimes it's we're conflicted within ourselves, and then we project this onto others. And so we end up with disagreements with one another, within countries, I think that what we might be really needing is an inner peace. That's the peace we long for, 
especially in this season of Advent, as we wait for the Prince of Peace to come, what we're missing is a peace within us. Paul writes of such a peace in his letter to the church in Philippi. He begins his letter with a sense of gratitude for their sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from their beginning until this day of his writing. He affirms their deep love for God in Jesus Christ and their love and care for one another. And then he extols them to continue in his absence, to remain united in Christ regardless of any disagreement or murmurings of arguments that might arise from them. And then he gets to the heart of the matter of his letter. And that's the passage we heard this morning. For even though Paul writes while incarcerated somewhere in the Greco-Roman world, most likely Rome, but might be Caesarea or Ephesus, word has gotten to Paul that there were two women in the church at Philippi, Eodia and Sentichia, most likely heads of house churches, and therefore overseers and helpers in the spread of the gospel message. But these two women have been engaged in a disagreement of some kind, maybe over the direction of the church. So Paul urges the whole congregation to help these women find compromise for the sake of the gospel. He wants them to find peace. So Paul's right. How can a gospel of love and peace be shared when there is bickering? Paul longs for peace and unity among the Christian community there at Philippi, and his message reverberates far beyond that community, for we long for peace, peace on earth, peace among all people, Peace between nations, peace within our own nation, in our state, our community. Peace among differing faith communities so that world, that human suffering can be alleviated together. We long for there to be peace even among Christians, in our families. We, like Paul, long for peace. My sisters and brothers, truly we know of more factions than we do of unity. We long for all the divisions to be put aside. We first heard about factions in Scripture, a fracture for sure, at the beginning of the Genesis narrative. For just as God began to create humans in God's holy image, very quickly in the story, the very first humans disobeyed God's instructions to them, and they blamed one another. Adam blames Eve, and Eve blames the snake. Neither one takes responsibility for their own actions. There probably was conflict and shame within themselves that got projected Onto others, can there ever be peace when we fail to take responsibility for our own actions? All divisions, discords, fractures, factions throughout human time are not of God's doing, they're of our doing each and every time. So, how then can there ever be peace? Where does peace begin? Paul writes that there are actually steps to finding peace. And that it begins by rejoicing the Lord our God. And then he sort of lays out an expansion of his meaning. He moves from what to how and finally why. What is to put aside all divisions for the sake of of the gospel. How? Is by rejoicing in the Lord our God. That's what we're doing right here in this worship space. We've come together to worship and praise Almighty God. And on this, the third Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of joy 
joy in Jesus' birth and life where he showed us how we're supposed to live our lives, joy in his saving death on the cross and in his resurrection that overcame death for all. Certainly, we have much to rejoice about. But what does rejoicing really look like? Besides singing hymns and fellowshipping with one another, Paul insists that it looks like gentleness. So what does gentleness look like? Gentleness looks like having a peaceful spirit, whether you're in a pleasant circumstance or one that is filled with adversity, that you have a calmness about you, that you have an inner peace. It doesn't look like bickering or gruffness or arguing, or discord. Gentleness, Paul writes, looks like trust in God without worrying about anything. The prophet said in the words we read this morning, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord is my strength and my might. Give thanks to the Lord, call on the Lord's name, sing praises to the Lord, shout aloud and sing for joy, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Trusting in God for our every need for every day is one of the hardest things we humans are supposed to do. It's hard even for us Christians We say we trust in God until things are not quite going as we want them to go, and then we take that trust right back and we try to fix whatever is wrong. It's no surprise then to be reminded that that's not trust. That's giving lip service to God, and it's not how we as followers of Jesus Christ are called to live our lives. It's not joyful. It's not having a gentle spirit, and it certainly is not peaceful. So what are we supposed to do when things are not going right, when things are amiss, upside down from where we want them to be? What about when we have really big decisions to make? These are times when we can become the very most anxious. Can't you just imagine the anxiousness that Adam and Eve must have felt when God discovered that they had disobeyed God? How did they respond? Not peacefully. They began to blame others. Eve received the blame of Adam. The snake received the blame of Eve. This narrative reveals the very struggle of all humans to trust in God for all things every single day. It's a good lesson for us to reflect back on and learn how not to live but instead to follow the words of the prophet and the apostle. Theirs are words of advice that will never leave us until the time comes when there is peace on earth and goodwill among all people. But how can we come to fully trust in God every day? Paul has an answer. He writes in everything. By prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Supplication simply means appeal or plea. It's the same thing as request and prayer. So when we are perplexed about the next right thing to do in our lives, with regard to our families, when we have big decisions to make, we are first and foremost supposed to take those concerns to God in prayer. Prayer is mentioned almost 400 times from Genesis to Revelations altogether. And we have 29 examples of Jesus going to God in prayer. So surely, that's what we're supposed to do too. So why then do we often fail to even think about turning to God in prayer when we have big decisions to make? Why do we forget every single day to ask for God's guidance and direction for whatever is going to be before us for the next day, for this day. 
Most likely, it's because we are frail humans and anxiety overtakes us. We allow that to happen in our lives. We just forget. As adopted children of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we have been given another pathway. It's the pathway of prayer. So that's the what, that's the how. Why? Why should we turn to God in prayer? We might even ask, what's in it for us? As harsh as that sounds, Paul is ready with an answer. He says plainly, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can you even imagine such a peace washing over you? A peace you don't even know that you're missing right now. I invite you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Breathe. Ask God right now what it is you need in this moment. Keep breathing. We're here with you. God is listening. Open your eyes. Feel the peace washing over you. It's like nothing else. It's like God in Christ Jesus being right beside you, holding your hand, offering you calm and reassurance that everything is going to be okay. It's like my mom holding me tight and rocking me gently telling me that even though we've experienced death, that Jesus has overcome death and that one day I'll see my friend again. May this be your peace today. May it be your peace every day as you take your concerns and your worries to Almighty God in prayer. Trust in God. For God is good, and God will uphold you by God's victorious hand. We hope for, we long for peace here, there, and everywhere. May it begin right here in this place. And may we then share the peace that washes over us, that keeps our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, renewing us with strength and courage every day that comes to us each time we turn to God in prayer. May we share this peace with everyone we meet, with our families, our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, the men and women that we meet on the street corners in our community so that Christ's peace will ripple out into all the world and one day the world will know peace. My friends, even though you've already turned your neighbors and shared the peace of Christ, I invite you right now to turn to those on your right and on your left and say to them, may the peace of Christ be with you. May the peace of Christ be with you. May the peace of Christ be with you. Indeed, may there be peace on earth and may it begin with each one of us as we take our concerns to God in prayer day in and day out, and may we share that peace far and wide. And to God be all honor, glory, and praise. Amen. This morning we have heard the voice of God in his holy word read and proclaimed. And this morning, we also have the opportunity to rededicate 
and recommit ourselves to the Prince of Peace, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by affirming what we believe. So I invite you to stand as you are able and join me as we affirm our faith together. In life and in death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor, release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, for the last several years, seven or eight years or so, we have engaged in a special spiritual discipline here at GPC, and that is our annual Christmas Eve offering. And now to tell us a little bit more about that and the beneficiaries of that this year is Judd Peters, who is a member of our missions leadership team. Judd, welcome. You left me a note that says only two minutes. Two minutes. He does this to me every time. Uh, thank you very much. Um, as he said, my name is Judd Peters. Um, this year, our Christmas Eve offering will go to Binghampton Christian Academy and Rising Together Foundations. Uh, disclaimer, um, I'm the founder and executive director of Rising Together Foundation. But both organizations work with Memphis area children focused on um, education and Christ-centered servant leadership. Binghampton Christian Academy is a private Christian day and boarding school for pre-kindergarten through eighth grade students. Um, for a long time, uh, Presbyterian we uh, women and many um, ladies in our church have supported BCA, uh, Binghampton Christian Academy, serving as prayer partners, providing meals, and funding necessary um, for students to have class and holiday parties, as well as field trips. Uh, speaking of their field trips, in the latest edition of The Window, um, uh, there's an article about their recent trip to the University of Memphis's um, Laurie Walton Basketball Center. It's, a, it's an exciting read, and I encourage you all to take a look at that. Rising Together Foundation provides programs for underserved Memphis area students delivering academic enrichment, leadership development, and physical fitness. Uh, Rising Together was founded to address inequities in education and opportunities. Uh, SLAM Summer Academy, which is our signature program, is a full-day, three-week program for students in first through ninth grades that focuses on academic enrichment in math, language arts, reading, and writing. It also includes courses in public speaking, financial literacy, STEM, lunches and snacks, as well as sports and games. In the summer of 2022, which will be here before we know it, Rising Together plans to have several three-week SLAM programs um, throughout Shelby County, including in Frazier, Bartlett, Uptown, Orange Mound, and Whitehaven, Whitehaven serving um, approximately 300 students. Um, in addition to financial support, uh, both of our organizations also need your prayers and volunteers to help serve children. As a member of the GPC's missions leadership team, led by Susan Hornberg, um, 
and I, I said her name just to embarrass her a little bit, but she's a great leader, and I tell Bo that every time I see him. I know that one of our goals as a church is to have more people volunteer through one of GPC's uh, supported missions, uh, organizations. And um, Binghampton Christian Rising Together Foundation, as well as Memphis Athletic Ministries, all provide great opportunities for GPC members to get involved in the organizations that we support financially. Um, if you want to find out more about MAM, you can talk to Susan or Will. Um, if you want to find out more about how, how to get involved with Binghampton Christian, you can contact Helen Norman or Karen Lawhorn. And if you want to get involved in Rising Together Foundation, uh, you may contact uh, me. Um, Thank you in advance for stepping up uh, to meet the GPC Christmas Eve challenge. And I'll note, Will, even though it's a Christmas Eve challenge, the giving period is through the end of the year? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Judd. Thank you. It was worth the extra minutes to hear all of that. So that was good. Thank you. Good. Oh. <laughs> there is a hook. Friends, enjoy gratitude. Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, you are the creator of the universe, creator of this world, creator of everything we see and enjoy. And you're the creator of each one of us. Lord, we know how good you are to your creation and how you attend to it in tender and powerful ways every day. Lord, you are also the creator of joy and peace and hope and love that we celebrate during this Advent season. Lord, we thank in particular that you are the giver of hope. You are the one who makes hope possible. And so we pray for those who are in special need of hope this morning. We thank especially of those, Lord, who we have seen in the news over the last 24 hours suffering the after effects of those mighty storms that blew through our state and adjacent states Friday night and Saturday morning. Lord, we've seen the images of splintered homes and those represent splintered lives. So much grieving over lost loved ones, so much destruction. And so we pray right now, Lord, for those who woke up yesterday to find debris not only in their towns and in their neighborhoods, but in their souls. And we pray, Lord, for the healing and the restoration of those communities. We pray for all those emergency personnel and all those inspired volunteers who are racing to places like Mayfield, Kentucky, even now, to help restore and to rebuild and to make new. Lord, there's a lot of weakness now abounding in all of these states and communities. And so we pray for your grace to be sufficient in all the weakness that you see. Lord, we do lift up to you a world that you have endowed with so many good gifts. And so we pray, O Lord, for those good gifts to abound, especially to those who live on the margins and those who live in, in impoverished places, communities, and countries. Lord, we pray that you would protect them, especially during this season. We do pray for the Prince of Peace to come to them and to all of us. And we pray for your peace to reign and to be victorious over all animosity and hatred. Lord, we do feel in this season of joy and gladness, we feel nevertheless the tinge of hardship and sadness due to those in our own church family and our own families who are suffering, either ill health or some sort of challenge, some sort of circumstance beyond their control. And so we lift them all up to you. Those who are in the hospital on this day, those who are experiencing treatments, those who are recovering, Lord, those who yearn for healing, we pray for your steady and constant presence to be the healing inspiration for body and soul. And hear us, Lord, as we lift up now our many voices into one voice as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're grateful for a practice that started in the infancy stages of the church, and that was the practice of taking up an offering. That it was an intense piece of worship when the early church would gather and they would give. They would collect their funds together and bundle them up and ask God's blessing upon them so that they might go out and relieve suffering in the world, that they might provide for the ministry of the church. And so that practice has lasted from our earliest days to this day, where we give thanks for this opportunity now to worship God through the giving of our tithes and our offerings.